Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Russ M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is uh, Friday, October 6th, 2023. We're reading from the big book today in a vision for you. We're on the uh, sixth paragraph on page 157, and it starts with, yes, that's me. And it ends with damn little laugh about that I can see. And we're just reading that paragraph today. Uh, our readers. So our readers today. The 12 steps we have Janet F. The traditions we have da- Danny P. Starting us off reading reading the big book is Barb W. Page 164 is Tenzin P. Our backup readers Amory M. Newcomer readers Nancy C. And second hour host is Eileen M. The OA preamble. Oh, the reference numbers. Can't forget those. Let's go. Reference numbers for Thursday, uh, October 5th, 2023, to 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,719. So it's 20,719. And uh, 10 a.m. meeting is 20,720. So 20,720. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals through shared ex- who through shared experience, strength, and hope, recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Janet F. to read the 12 steps of the way. Good morning, Janet F. from Iowa, Recovering Compulsive Overeater, 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to do service. Thanks, Janet. Next up is Danny P. with the 12 Traditions. Star one, Danny. Hi, can I be heard? Yep. Thank you, Raz. Thank you for your service. Hi, everyone. I'm Danny P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all this tradition ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thanks, Danny. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. A singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We, re we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. <clears throat> Excuse me. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, 
Let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're back in a vision for you. We are in the big book, page 157, um, the sixth paragraph for reading, yes, that's me, and ending with damn little to talk about that I can see. And today's first reader is Barb W., and she's going to start us off. Morning, everybody. Page 157. Yes, that's me, said the sick man, the very image. You fellows know your stuff all right, but I don't see what good it'll do. You fellows are somebody. I was once, but I'm a nobody now. From what you tell me, I know more than ever I can't stop. At this, both the visitors burst into a laugh. Said the future fellow anonymous, damn little to laugh about that I can see. I'm Barb W., gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater in Illinois this morning. Yes, that's me. Wow, identifying, identifying. Uh, the very image, a visual, you know, relating to what the two visitors are saying, being being included in. You fellows know your stuff, all right? I don't see what good it will do. Again, I the the image and the visible. I can't see it. I can't see it. The but in there in that missive. Very, you know your stuff, but I don't see what good it'll do. Identifying out, negating it. I the the very hopelessness of that. I can so identify with. I don't know what good it'll do. Just knowing that I've known this before, and I try to wrap my brain around and my willpower around my food, and and I always came up losing, losing the battle, gaining weight. You fellows are somebody. I love the, the use of somebody. It's like, not you guys are two two fellows. It's like you guys are somebody, and it feels like it's already about a we. It's about a unified, a unity, a unity right there. A somebody. I was once, but I'm a nobody now. I don't know. I thought I was pretty, you know, large and in charge, and I had the best ideas. But nobody at the same time that inside myself of everything and nothing and nothing and out of ideas and hopelessness it's a full-on step one I'm nobody right now from what you tell me I know more than ever I can't stop I just having someone identify my problem and then to know, come to learn that the problem was my solution to my real problems, which was inside of me. Hearing that once on this meeting on this line and now repeatedly, like, food wasn't the problem. It was my solution. I never had seen it that way. I couldn't see it that way until I heard it from someone else. And that's the gift of this, this of, of all of us. Um, very little to laugh about as far as I can see. And you know what? I cannot see what I cannot see. And I tried so hard to obscure so much of myself by so many means, chief among them was food. I couldn't see anything. I, I And I thought I had, I thought I knew it all. I couldn't see anything at that point. And, and coming back up to bursting into laughter, I, that was just, 
I would just be so aghast if I were the man in the bed. I All I knew was to burst into tears. And I imagine the two people hearing this third person and his story and his hopelessness and knowing like, oh my gosh, the relief, the bursting into laughter of like, Darn. he gets it. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Barb. Appreciate it. Sorry I was so abrupt with that. Okay. So now we're going to open up the line for sharing. And uh, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you, uh, you've shared on Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. Um, and that will always get a chance to share. And uh, please, if we could do it one at a time. I know it's tough. So whoever who would like to share on this? Melissa C. Carolyn S H. Carolyn N F. Ian. Is that S or N? I will see what that is. Lisa N. Larry K. Oh man, here we go. Larry K. Who else? We got time for, I mean, we have ample time for this first round. So whoever wants to get in. All right. I guess this is what we're going to go for the first Jessica, round. S from Ohio. All right, Jessica. Sherry A, Illinois. Sherry. Lynn F. Uh, and then, and I think that's pretty good. This is a this is a good one. So we got Melissa, Carolyn, Ian, Lisa, Larry, Jessica, Sherry, and Lynn. Melissa, you are up. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Russ. Happy Friday. Good. Always good to hear you on a Friday morning. Um, my name is Melissa. See, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and. I just love, I think about, like, how how quickly, I mean, I, you know, when they're, they're laughing, I think, like, what are they laughing about? You know, I know for me, there's, there's there really is tremendous joy in meeting people um, who are ripe for transformation. You know, this guy is, like, in the hospital bed, and he's listening. It's clearly he's identifying in, and that crushing feeling of like I'm nobody now like I got nothing and you know and and ready I think ready to learn and ready to take direction um I know for me there's great delight in when I get to meet people that way because I have seen and experienced in my own life how rapid transformation can actually occur when somebody is really ready to you know for me what I see like readiness to like um Yes, get abstinent. Like, do everything within your power to put the food down and to do everything within your power to live by spiritual principles and um, and not try to fit. I think it's wonderful when people reach a point of feeling like nobody. I know that was really wonderful for me because at that point I was no longer trying to fit recovery around what I believed was a workable life. 
you know, I took real stock at my life, and I was like, um, it's not working, you know, and I was ready to build and really let God help me rebuild a new life for myself. And, you know, um, and I think it, it, there's incredible joy in that. You know, I, I also think about this idea of being somebody. You know, I think, um, you know, for Bill especially, who really had been spending so much of his life chasing down being somebody, it's actually in the, you know, when I stop worrying about getting my bowl filled by other people and I start really living this design that means that I'm interested in the filling of other people's bowls, I actually reach that level where I do feel like somebody, but it's not based on status and it's not based by reputation, but it's based really by living in agreement with what I believe my creator would have me be. And um, and that's an awful lot to laugh about. And uh, thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Carolyn S.H., followed by Ian. Letter your net last name too, buddy. Hi, good morning. This is Carolyn S.H. Good morning, Russ. How are you? Um, I am a recovered compulsive eater in Massachusetts. And um, I looked up the word laughable. um, And it sounds funny, amusing, ludicrous. um, And I just, I love this paragraph. And I often think of it, um, like even when we're, completely different spots in the book because uh, <laughs> be honest with you I do so part of what I do for work is is just like talking to other people listening to them and and um, they look to me to advice about a certain subject and um, sometimes I give it to them and sometimes like I, I try to lead them to their own answer but I end up talking to people who have who feel like they need help. And often, like part of my style is like, I will laugh at people. And um, it can be effective, but a lot of times they don't appreciate it. (laughs) But what I'm laughing at is the difference between what I know they're able to do and what they think they can do. Like, it's it's like watching a little kid um, who's like, you know, a step away from somewhere he's trying to get being like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it's just like, it's a loving laugh. It's a, it's like, Oh my God, this is too funny. You know? Um, so that's how I picture um, Bill and Bob laughing uh, at him. And I just, it fills my heart with love actually, um, which might sound odd, but um, the, the other things I was thinking that, is laughable about this is the the idea of you fellows are somebody I was once but I'm nobody now you know like as if what was previously said as if it's a status thing and that's absolutely laughable because it's the opposite it, it's the letting go of of seeking status it's the letting go of self um, that allows us to change and I love what was said at the um, the opening share um, about it, it's my hopelessness is not, yes, it's in the food, but my hopelessness is the real problem, which is, is how I was approaching life and um, letting go of that and just seeing how not easy, but how simple that is in, 
in the juxtaposition of someone who's feeling absolutely hopeless about that and then being in a position of Bill and Barber and of seeing how doable it is and how possible it is um, with God's help, um, given the right principles and the right instructions. Um, yeah, so, and my timer's up. That's it. Thank you. Thanks, Carolyn. Next up is Ian, followed by Lisa, and I just didn't get the first initial of your last name, Ian. That's all good. Thank you, Russ. I am Ian F. Uh, out of Louisville, Kentucky. Very grateful to be here. Um, I think I think the thing that is funny about this paragraph is that he's saying, "Wow, you guys are somebody to people who are members of a group called Alcoholics Anonymous." <laughs> you know? And when I, I I had the same reaction, you know, when I came in the rooms of like, "Wow, that all these all these people who are here speaking on meetings are speaking on the phone and." And they sound so articulate and so peaceful. There's somebody, right? And, you know, completely missing the fact that by definition, everybody on this earth is somebody, right? But that's my, that's how my addiction works. I'm wired to, to seek the things that I already have, right? It doesn't, you know, I want to be somebody. I, I don't want to be somebody. I want to feel like somebody. And when they, when he says, yes, that's fair. That's me, the very image. You know your stuff. I don't see what good it'll do. From what you tell me, I know more than ever. I can't stop. As has been shared before, if they have any joy about that, it's not because he's in pain. It's because they can see, they can see that he's right in the place where he needs to be. You know, I know I can't stop. I've tried every which way that I can to stop eating. When I came in the rooms the second time, I was like, wow. I This is like a, <laughs> a video game controller that is moving my character around and I'm like pressing buttons and nothing's happening and I'm eating and I don't want to be. Like that's, that's the level of powerlessness that I have. And when you tell somebody that who's looking to sponsor you or, or looking to help you in any way, if they have a positive reaction, it's because they know you are in the right place. You're in the right place. That is step one. You know? And so, you know, the the laughter is, is a really beautiful image because they know that he's, he's starting to get it even though he doesn't know that he's starting to get it. And as someone who's been on both sides of this, like, when we're in, as members of Overeaters Anonymous, we're already somebody when we come in, right? And as has been said before, it's it's not about status. We're not looking to be gold stars in a mental illness program, right? We just get to come here and be people. And that's a joyous thing, to just be a part of the human race. That's actual joy. Um, I love this paragraph. It's awesome. Uh, about all I've got to share. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ian. And next up is Lisa N. Followed by Larry K. Hey, Russ. Thank you so much for taking the meeting this morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, Lisa N. here from Wisconsin. And um, that paragraph, uh, these last few days even, it's just taken me back to the first time that I came in 
to the meetings. And actually, I wasn't in a hospital. Oh, I was in a hospital, but I was in the cafeteria because um, when the meeting started, I, I mean, it just sounded like mumble jumbo to me. I was just like sitting there. I didn't want to be there and listening to people talk and trying to figure out what they were saying and what this was about and when were they going to talk about food and I just didn't get it. And I, all of a sudden they said, and who's going to take the newcomer out? And I was like, oh, that sounds like it might be me because I was the only person that was new. And they brought me, two people brought me into the cafeteria and they're my dear friends today. Um, I didn't know how to be friends. I didn't know how to have friends. Um, so it's um, to me, it's just like a miracle that I got to that meeting and this whole beginning and how it started is a miracle. Um, how did I get, how did I get the program? Somebody was watching out for me. Somebody cared for me. Somebody loved me so much that they took me on this journey with them. And it was my higher power. And when I got into the cafeteria with these two people and they told me their stories, they said they offered a chance for me to talk. And I just burst into tears because I had never expressed to anyone my deepest feelings about why I ate and how I felt about myself, which was like a nobody. So I'm so grateful today when I look at this, I mean, it's many years ago, 13 years ago or so. And um, I, it was that first night I could not. I could not give myself to that program. It took me two years to do it, but thank God I did. And thank God for all of you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Lisa. Before we get Larry up here, let me let you know where we're, on, where we're at if you got on the meeting a little bit late. We're in a vision for you, page 157, the sixth paragraph. Yes, that's me, said the sick man, sick man and ends with damn, damn, I'm oh, sorry. Let's try this again. Damn little to laugh about that I can see. You think I would remember these things? All right, Larry, you're up. All right, Russ. Thanks. Uh, appreciate your service, Larry Kay. Recovered from Chicago, and um, you know, if God didn't want me to laugh, uh, you know, God would not have given me the ability to have laughter. There's something, there's some purpose in it, and um, you know, when I when I read this paragraph, they were not laughing at him. I think they were laughing at the absurdity of their own situations and the absurdity of this of this disease and the recognition that there's healing possible, although this, this man, Bill Dotson, didn't understand that yet. I certainly didn't understand that yet. And oftentimes in my selfishness, I thought if people were laughing in the midst of my pain, they were laughing at me. Uh, no, not at all. You know, laugh, laughing is, uh, is healing. And it's, an, and it's an expression oftentimes of joy. And uh, to me, it's, uh, while laughter isn't the, you know, the panacea for all types of healing, it certainly plays a significant role in, in promoting, you know, well-being. And I'll, I'm going to pick on someone here. I remember meeting Leah M. I'm going to pick on Leah. Please indulge me. And if you ever get the chance to meet Leah, one of the things, she has an infectious laugh. And no matter, you know, whatever pain I was in or whatever, but it was, it was disarming. And it, there was a humble aspect to that laughter. 
and it was all God's handiwork, which I learned from her. And and it was it was just it was just a beautiful sense of an expression of joy. And you know, once we experience recovery and we begin to reconnect with our ability to laugh at the absurdity of life sometimes, and to to laugh an expression of our joy of this transformation and change. What a beautiful thing that is. And that's what I see in people like that. Yes, there's expression of laughter and there's humility and it's a, it's a connection and it's disarming and it's lovely and it's beautiful. And I see that in so many of you and I love to laugh. And I'm not laughing at anybody at anyone's expense, my goodness sakes. I'm laughing at the, the joy of being extracted from the quicksand and the depths of this disease. You know, we, we were on a sinking ship and, and, and we're pulled from that and, and we're, we're set out on a new trajectory, a new way of life. And of course, I, you know, I can sing, although nobody wants that. Uh, that may make you cry, but I can laugh. And that's an expression of my joy, you know. And so what they were doing here is they saw they were laughing, right? And, and in time, Bill Dodson would come to know, and he would come to laugh, you know, and he would come to express joy, you know, and, and that is the hope that we provide, because when you see laughter in others and you see joy in others, that's what I want. Oh, do I want what she had? And holy moly, I was able to get some of that today. What a, what a gift. What a tremendous gift. With that, I pass. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Next up is Jessica S., followed by Sherry A. Oh, hi. It's so good to hear your voice. I always look forward every Friday morning. Um, yes, I'm Jessica um, S. from Ohio, a grateful compulsive overeater. Oh, I can still re- re- relate to the first time I came to Overeaters Anonymous, particularly the vision meeting. And I remember connecting with women that, and women and men that who had, you know, they reached out to me, and I remember um, them telling me their story, and I remember thinking, um, my my goodness, I, I had no idea that people, you know, ate like I did or snuck food like I did, you know. And this paragraph, you know, it just a message of hope to those that who um, who are new, who are brand new, you know, because it says here what the language says, the future um, fellow of Alcoholics Anonymous, but in our case, you know, over years Anonymous, you know, I've been in this program for a little over three years, you know, coming in um, during the pandemic. And I got to tell you, when I um, talked to my, before before actually joining the way, before I actually talked to people that were binge eaters um, or people that who were normal eaters, how I ate, you know, they gave me a look of disgust. And they was like, why would that? But, you know, talking to people that who are actually in program and actually suffering um, from this fatal disease, which I can now see, you know, Thanks to um, sponsors and fellows and um, mentors in, in this program, you know, I'm beginning to see that. Um, um, I mean, would lead, would lead me to tell you that I'm actually um, absent by God's grace and mercy. Um, 
I mean, I wasn't laughing when I was in relapse, so I will tell you that much. But I will say that I know that this program does work. Um, and, you know, to laugh, to laugh at, you know, the fact that um, you can reckon, I mean, you can identify with what someone has or you can uh, laugh with other people that who have a similar uh, disease. It's all, it's all the more, you know, I mean, you know, I'm talking on the phone, you know, I remember bending my brains out and I remember, you know, or reaching out, you know, reaching in the trash can to pour a piece out. I mean, yes, I mean, that can be funny depending on how you look at it, you know, but then it's like, oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. I can't believe I did that. You know, I can look back. Um, And this paragraph is just, it just never gets old, you know, no no matter where you are, um, no matter where you are in the process, uh, with the exception of that first, uh, with the exception of that first day. And with that, I'll uh, gratefully pass. Thank you so much. And I'll pass. All right. Thank you, Jessica. Next up is Sherry A. Followed by Lynn S. Ah. Good morning. Thank you so much for the meeting. Thanks for all the shares. Um, Sherry A., gratefully recovered this morning. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, I could not have imagined when I was just consumed, consumed with the disease and the torture and the suffering. Like when I came in the room, um, I was just, yeah, I was just, so full of me and of the suffering and the disease. Um, and so when somebody, uh, this whole thing about um, you're somebody, I'm nobody. And today, I think the most amazing thing for me is when I'm reading through the big book with somebody. And I and sometimes I do laugh. And I, and I think it's because um, as a result of working these steps, most days I wake up and I don't care if I'm somebody or nobody. Um, I just am here as a child of God. And that makes me laugh out loud sometimes because it's so incredible. Um, And so I just really resonated with this paragraph this morning. And I, too, had to be, like, really beat up. Uh, that's my story. I had to be pretty beat up. Um, and I was pretty miserable and pretty self-obsessed in my misery. Um, and so I just I really identify with this guy because I really like, yep, me in the hospital bed being like, what are you laughing about? How can you be laughing? Right? And that's kind of like my whole attitude towards life, right? I am suffering. This is horrible. Um, and, you know, and me just flip it all on its head. And so I imagine them being like, yep, we're nobody and we're somebody and we're like you. And we're just here. You're a kid. I'm a kid of God. We're all here. Um, and this is what happened to us. And it's just so simple. Um, and I, 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 too, want to resonate with that thing. It's like when I'm with fellows and there's laughter, I hope like that's when I know there's recovery. Um, because it's my higher power getting me out of myself. Um, I'm so grateful for this meeting and so grateful for
Thanks, Sherry. Next up is Lynn S., and then we're going to take another list. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Vision. This is Lynn S., compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And you know, sometimes when we read things, I just zoom back in time to my own experience. And that's what happened this morning. Like, I kind of went right back into what it was like for me when I was contemplating my situation, I guess. And, you know, it's, it's here, I'm a nobody now. You fellows are somebody. I was never a somebody. I was always a nobody. But what this line did for me was, and this dashed all my hopes that I could ever be a somebody. Because there always was that, you know, one more try, one more kick at the can, one more maybe I'll fit in this time. Maybe this will make a difference. And this was, for me, this line just was, I'm a nobody. I've always been a nobody. I always will be a nobody. And then I know more than ever I can't stop listening to how they did it or what happened to them would have been an absolute, I want to use the word impossibility, but it's not strong enough. It's just not strong enough. It's like you guys telling me what happened to you is making this a million times worse. There is absolutely no hope for me. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, I've got to be at the bottom now. It can't get any worse. And then you hit another bottom and you, and you say, oh, my goodness, this is a million times worse. That, that's what I'm seeing here. And that feeling of utter hopelessness. You know, I thought I was hopeless before. I thought I was miserable. It's nothing compared to where this paragraph is taking me. And it, it's, you know, I'm just. I'm so grateful. I heard somebody else share the other day online, like, I don't know how this works. I don't understand it. But I know with every single fiber of my being that this is the way for me. This works. That God is interested in me and in my life. And the more that I seek him and ask him, God, how can I best serve you today? What would you have me do for you and for my fellows? A whole new world has opened up. And I'm just so darn grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. So now we're going to open up the line for sharing again. Or Vision for You, page 157, six paragraph. Uh, who would like to share on this? Chris, um, hello. 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 Christina Chris, from I got, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I got Chris W, I think. I heard Christina J. Penny C. Darian. Who is that again? Right, Darian. Oh, Darian. Darian. Anne Marie M. Anne Marie. All right, I think Annette. this is going to be... Uh, Annette, we'll try to get you in there, Annette. And I think that's okay. going to be it. 
All right, so we've got Chris Davia, Christina J, Penny C, Darren K, Amory M, and Annette. Chris W, right? You're up, and whoever's not Chris W, please mute. Hi, this is Chris W, Chris with a K. I still hear a rattling on the phone. Uh, okay, and I'm from Nashville. But this, I always say that I can laugh about my alcoholic days, about the shenanigans I pulled, but I don't usually see things funny about um, the food program. But this morning I woke up and I was having this dream and I was making fun of one of my ex-bosses and about him make everything was dramatic. And and I'm laughing because I'm going, oh my gosh, Chris, you do the same thing. You always, nothing is just okay. It's beautiful, awesome. Oh my gosh. I like to use other words than, you know, just saying, oh, thank you. And um, and then I had another dream that it that I reacted totally differently than what I normally would. And both of those dreams, I usually don't remember dreams. I woke up, I'm laughing, and I'm laughing so hard, I don't want to quit my dream, and I'm wide awake, and I'm still laughing, talking about what I'm doing. So... Um, I just, I realize that some of the things I have to laugh about myself is I'm comparing all the time. Like, these people aren't following the guidelines. They're talking too many times a week. They're taking too long getting off the phone. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. When I'm sharing, I think, well, I'm doing it because of service. I'm trying to be a service to people. If someone else is sharing and they've already shared within two days, I'm thinking they're arrogant and think that they're so important that they have to share. And how crazy that kind of behavior is. And um, I realize we work in these steps. I just have to keep working the steps, working 10 steps, because my mind works differently than other people that don't have this disease. And I can justify anything. And yet, I want recovery more than anything. I want to live in peace and not be irritated with people or not hear the shares because I'm too busy doing my little dialogue to myself. And it's just painful living that way. And I don't have to, but it might mean I do 10, 10 steps on these things. But ultimately, I'll be free. And that's my whole goal. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. All right. So next up is Christina J. Morning, Russ. Morning, everyone. Christina J. in North Carolina. So, uh, yeah, laughter. You know, uh, when I was in the disease, one of my worst relapses was I accidentally got into brownies in the freezer that were pot brownies. I didn't know. I ate 10 of them, and it was the most horrible experience of my life because I don't smoke pot. But <laughs> I was throwing up. I was jumping up and down. I was trying to get this through my system. I wasn't present for my husband. I had to cancel a musical show. It wasn't funny then, but now when I tell that story to sponsees, I laugh my head off. Why are they laughing? To me, they're laughing because they have a poignant understanding of the pain of this disease. 
and they have a true understanding of the recovery that this man's going to come to. They can laugh with him and have joy with him and bring him into a place that they say, hey, we're happy now. We found this path, and we're going to share it with you. You know, it's a poignant kind of understanding. Now, I had a vision when I was a, when I was a younger woman, and this is, you know, this is my vision. In meditation, I was sitting on Higher Power's lap, way up high. I was just a spirit girl, little tiny baby. And he had to send me back down to earth again to do my thing, to learn my lessons, to go through all the shit. And I looked up at him, and he had a tear rolling down his face, and he had a big grin. You know, he knew that he was the protector, and I was going to get through it all, but he didn't want me to have to go through the pain. And this is what I see. This is what I hear. And my mother used to laugh at the dinner table. We had a very dramatic life. And at the dinner table, she would bring us all together and do funny things and and lift us up out of that drab drama that we've had going on in our lives. It was really horrible. You know, no child should have to go through anything some of us have to go through. But there it is. And it's some of the things that I've gone through that have made me stronger today. So, and also I want to comment on that. Uh, You fellows are somebody. I'm a nobody. So to me, that is saying, you fellows have your shit together. I don't have mine together anymore. And there's no hope for me to get it together because I felt that way. You know, I, I'm not, I wasn't a fall down drunk alcoholic. I didn't end up in the hospital, but I was a fall down drunk alcoholic in my head. You know, I was in my head and I still fall down in my head, but I got these steps that I get up and I take a step and I, I find the strength to keep going because, um, I'm I'm an I'm an alcoholic with food, you know, and it may not look like it. I mean, actually, it may not sound like it. Like I can get busy and do things, but inside I'm dying because I'm ashamed of the weight I have gained when I'm in my food. I'm ashamed of how I can't be present for people, you know. But I got this program, so <laughs> you you fellows don't have your shit together or have your shit together, but I don't, and there's just no hope. Well, they're going to get ready to tell them there is hope. And they laugh and they know and they feel and they cry with him and they laugh with him. And that's what this is all about, my fellows, that you have done for me. And I hope to do it for you. I pass. Thanks, Christina. Next up is Penny C, followed by Darian K. Oh, good morning, Russ. Oh, if it's Friday, it must be Russ. Or if it's Russ, it must be Friday. I'm so always so happy to hear you uh, moderating yeah, I'm Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston. And this paragraph really struck me this morning when he says, you know, you people are somebody. I once was a somebody, but now I'm a nobody. And I recalled how before I began to live this 12-step way of life when I came to OA, uh, I always felt left out. I, I No matter, you know, if we were in a, a group, a class, or a workshop, and and we chose up teams, I always felt like I'm going to be the last one. Uh, It came from being a fat kid, I'm sure, and being the last one chosen for the, you know, for whatever whatever there was, a team of of any sort. Um, But I just wanted to say, whenever I might feel like a nobody, if anybody on this line ever feels like a nobody, I want to tell you what, Someone on this line says often, I'm a child of God, a daughter of the king. What better What better somebody can I be than a child of God? And in living this 12-step program, I have been become so open-minded 
and so spiritual, not religious like I used, still religious, I guess, but that's all I was before I came here, just religious, not not spiritual. And I didn't have a God that was personal to me. I didn't consider myself hooked. With, with loads and loads of religious education, I was 47 years old and never thought of myself as a child of God until someone in this program reminded me. So I am somebody, even when I feel down and, and maybe nobody, nobody, you know, nobody wants to talk to me or whatever, because uh, I'm a human being and I'm always going to have times like that. But most of the time, I'm just very grateful. I trust God, and um, and I know, I know that God loves me individually as well as he loves all of us because I am a child of God, a daughter of the king. How about that? And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Penny. Next up is Darian Kay, followed by Anne-Marie M. Oh, good morning, Ross. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Good. All right. Darian Cape in the Berkshire, Massachusetts. Gratefully recovered today and so happy to be on the line with all of you. And oh, so much of what everyone said is just so ringing true to my heart. Um, you know, people talk about not fitting in. And when you're a fat kid, you do not fit in. Um, there's just no way. Um, and, you know, it's. There's just so many sad memories of um, really wanting to fit in and wanting to be a part of the group because that's what every kid really wants to be, especially as you get to be an adolescent and a preteen, a preteen adolescent. <clears throat> and um, and I just never did, never did. And the clothes for me were the thing that helped me fit in, and it was very hard to find uh, when you're, you know, heavy. And so, um, you know, I found my group, found the band. <laughs> And um, they accepted me as I was. Um, but, you know, still, still I felt very much like a, a round pig in a square hole. And um, today, when when I am on this line and when I am in meetings with all of you, I feel so a part of and I feel so welcomed and so um, there's just no feeling like it. And when I get off the phone, so many times when I, when I make um, an away call, you know, there's laughter um, that I can just chuckle at after the fact, and, and you know, it's a, it's lighthearted. And you know what the thing is too is we we open up about ourselves and our imperfections, and we can actually laugh at them. And I could never do that before, and I feel very safe doing that with people in the program, right? Because they know me and they have them too. And so I, you know, I trust that they'll. Um, They'll have the anonymity when I talk to them, and they'll also have, uh, be able to relate to me so that I can be validated um, and not, you know, um, judged, you know. And so there is just so much joy in this program. I am just so grateful. I would not be in program as long as I have if I didn't feel grateful and joyful um, to, to be a part of this program because no diet club ever made me feel that way. I was miserable. And uh, it was just—I I was, you know, definitely deprivation. <clears throat> and so today, it doesn't feel like misery or deprivation. It feels like joy and peace and love um, 
and I just cherish it. I really do. I cherish it on a daily basis. And so thank you, all of you. Thank you for, for being there. And thank you for the humor that you share on the line um, because it's, um, you know, it touches many of us. And we need to be, I know I need to be a little more lighthearted in this life. Um, so uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Darian. So we got three minutes. Could Good morning. Take a minute and a half, and and that take a minute and a half. Could you guys do that? I think I can. You? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. It's Anne Marie M. I'll yeah. Gratefully. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Gratefully uh, recovered through God's grace uh, by working the twelve steps in from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, what reminded me of. What I got reminded of was my uh, self-pity. Oh, my gosh. I was I was just like, oh, I'm never going to get this. And just the self-pity, the self-loathing. And I know um, someone, um, I, I heard someone say that, you know, if you're in a building and you're looking to find where the room is for Overeaters Anonymous, listen for the laughter. And... Um, what, what joy that is, because, you know, I know that in my little home group that we, we do have a fun, we laugh, and uh, and on this meeting, too. So um, I'm grateful. I don't have to feel sorry for myself. Um, I don't have to compare myself anymore, and I and I tend to do that. So I, I just need to remind myself that when I compare myself, I usually come up short, and that can lead to self-pity. Self-pity can lead to compulsive eating if I stay in it, so I just stay close to God. So I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Anne-Marie. All right. Next up is Annette F. You have about a minute and a half left. Star one, Annette. Hi. This is Annette F. from Florida. And when I first, before I heard of the program, I was close to homelessness. And then the program changed my life, and I became somebody. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm here to tell you, being somebody just ain't that hot. So, uh, <laughs> and now, you know, now I'm back to, you know, I had a business, everybody knew me in town, blah, blah, blah. But, and now I'm back to being a human being, taking one day at a time, and I'm one of God's kids. And that's a good thing. And the ups and the downs do come. And, you know, I roll with them. And sometimes I miss, you know, I miss the status. But the rest of the time, I'm grateful that I can do what I want. You know, I can write, I can read, and I can be part of this program. And I'm very grateful for the vision. I mean, I, I only know, I've only known about it for a few months. And I've been part of OA for years and years and years. But vision has brought a whole new time to the 12 steps, and I'm grateful for that. So anybody who thinks they want to be a somebody, just not that hot. <laughs> and thank you, Greg, and thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Annette. Appreciate it. Uh, you are last year, and we thank everyone who shared today on the line. Um, uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. Then we'll give you today's share ID, Friday, the 6th of October, 2023. 
7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,722. All right, we'll now close the meeting with a reading from the big book on page 164. And Amory M's going to read our our, uh, book is meant to be suggested. Actually, Russ, it's Tenzin reading. Okay, so it's going to be Tenzin P. reading this. <laughs> All right, thanks, All right. Tenzin. Sorry about that. Yeah, thank yeah. you, everyone, for a great, great meeting. Okay, um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you very much.